Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another year of Sheologians. And we're here this year to put the her in smoother. I thought you were going to say year. (laughs) That wouldn't be outside of something I would do. But smoother. Yeah. This year is going to go smoother. <laughs> That's literally never true. Anyway, I'm some her. I'm some her. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> some her. Oh my gosh. Kicking it off right. I'm Summer. And I'm here with my beautiful co host, Joy. And Joy, I want you to know that if we were plunged into water that was several degrees below freezing, I would find a piece of driftwood large enough for us both to float on and hopefully survive. Or at least try or to get us both on there. Try. No, I totally, I'm one of the defenders of he tried and he knew. So anyway, whatever. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I get mad about this one. Anyway. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> wow, this is a hot topic. File that under for... something you didn't know about me. <laughs> File it. I'm right. Um, okay. Well, you're right. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you about that. Thank you. I haven't seen that movie. We, we sh- we'll watch that scene. Okay. And maybe we'll find out Decide. the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the truth is out there. <laughs> it is out there. <laughs> and um, you are right. I am Joy. And I am here with my beautiful co-host and Summer... Because that's who you are. Uh-huh. Some her. <laughs> um, I hope that one day um, we can discover a secret plot. Discover her. Discover <laughs> a secret plot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, couldn't could not resist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> discover a secret plot uh, and in response we would knowingly leak corroborating evidence mm. and contradictory evidence <laughs> about it just to mess with people would we have to go to an evidentiary hearing <laughs> I love puns okay <laughs> I just love them <sighs> Okay, so can I tell them about when you totally... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You get so mad about this. Because it didn't happen. It did happen. It didn't happen. Okay, so one day, (laughs) we were in here. This is one account of the story. This is a true account. (laughs) And I just... It, like, it wrestles you a little bit. And it, like, makes me... That's how sure I am it didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) It just, like... You're so, you know, like, stalwart. (laughs) Like, not a lot, like, ruffles you. Uh Like, you can't ruffle joy. But this one really ruffles you. And it's, 
It's not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I heard it. Okay. Okay. So this is her account. No, this is the true account. Okay. <sighs> okay. I don't actually know what anybody was talking about. I don't remember. But Joy went to say eavesdropping, but she totally said Smeeves dropping. <laughs> So I started laughing. That, so the first time anyone said Smeeves dropping oh. in the history of the world no, was when, was Summer when you said, said it. It was when Summer said, wait, did you just say Smeeves dropping? I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. And the thing about Smeeves dropping is that for some reason, if you add an SM before eavesdropping, it sounds more accurate. Right. Because, like, it sounds, like, creepy. Like, you're a sneeze dropper. It's, like, worse. You really improved on the word. <laughs> you did. thinking that you I... You really did. No, no, no. It was all you, boo-boo. It was all you. I love it. Okay, well, we're not conspiracy theorists. But, and this is not a conspiracy against you. And I just want, I, I want to encourage everybody to use a little sneeze drop in their life the next time they want to talk about who talks what were we talking about you were just telling the story of Smeeves dropping no I mean like when you were talking about Smeeves dropping like I can't remember I don't know but it makes it it, so long ago it was so long ago but you did it you started the trend um we are not conspiracy theorists but we find them interesting I'm so interested in conspiracy theories and we promised you guys, well, not promised. We warned you guys yeah. <laughs> that it was going to get a little weird. So we're kind of not off of our game. We're off of our game or right. we're in a different game or we purposely. It's a new year. It's a new year, you guys. Uh, <laughs> we also are in holiday mode. And so last week we kind of did something a little not totally 100 percent normal for us right. and we're gonna do that again this week yes just because we want to yep and because we think conspiracy theories are interesting like i said it's not the same thing as being a conspiracy theorist right i wouldn't say i'm a conspiracy theorist because i'm definitely not i'm not at all no i barely believe anything I, anyone right, tells right. Me. so cynical over here yeah <laughs> i just love the mystery component like, I love yeah. that, like, ooh, what? But then when people are like, the moon landing was fake, I'm like, mm, get away from me. Well, and I love it just at a certain point, it becomes almost a, like a sociological study because you're, you're left, you, you, you say, okay, convince me that this is true. And then the evidence is all so bad. Right. Um. But what you're left with is a group of people that still believe. They really do believe in these things. Yes. Not all of it, but yes. people believe in certain things. And you're like, to me, that's not been substantiated at all. You haven't even gotten close to proving that's true. Right. But you have a group of people that believe. Right. Yes. And they're willing to, they're, they're willing to have faith that it's true. Right. Right. So I just, I... I think it's interesting. So I was like, Joy, let's tell our favorite conspiracy theories. Because yeah. what I actually discovered sometime over the summer in this Facebook group was someone asked, like, what conspiracy theories do you believe? And it was a bunch of 
like people who I never thought would have ever even cared about this topic. Yeah. And everyone was chiming in with like, oh, this or this or, and it wasn't really like, I believe in it. It's like, this is so interesting. It's so interesting that there's a group of people who believe this and it like turns these events on their faces and it's just like kind of crazy and whatever. So I have a favorite conspiracy theory. And so do I. I'm not going to tell you if I believe it or not until the end. Okay. I'm just going to tell you the theory and you can come along for the ride. All right. Okay. So my favorite conspiracy theory is that, and I mean, you guys should, should know about me that I have been obsessed with sunken ships and shipwrecks and all those things like my entire life like pictures yeah pictures of sunken ships like they just like i don't know they're like magical and weird and it's like it's It's like being on another planet yeah it's like here's this thing that's not supposed to be here or like being in the upside down it's like the upside down that's what a sunken ship looks like is an alternative universe where it's still yes like it's still the same thing right it's completely different like overgrown with algae and right and it's like there's something wrong here like something happened here and here like you want to know this i always want to know the story like how did this ship get here right and there's like so much history behind it think of all the sunken like warships and submarines and it's like they all have a story they all have a story and i want to know what it is so the titanic was kind of like the first ship that kind of kicked that off into gear for me. And I remember in yeah. elementary school, there's all these like fictions, you know, like different fictional stories, books being put out for like elementary grade kids mm-hmm. on like, here's the story of this girl in the Titanic or whatever. Yeah. And I was really interested in those. It was like a glimpse. We, when we were kids because of the Titanic movie and because that was such a success, a lot of different people started giving you little individual glimpses into this whole big story. Yes. And so we, we loved, we loved that. Yeah. It was like this huge thing and we knew that it sank and yeah. But then when you, it like opened up this little world, like, Oh, there were specific people and these little specific things happened. Yeah, It was so interesting. So there is a theory that there's a whole group of people with quite, with some really interesting evidence actually. And the more I sunk into this theory, <laughs> the more like interesting it became. But there's a whole group of people. Would you say, say there's like a Titanic group of people? that Titanic. They're really Olympians at what they do. You'll get that in a second. There is a whole group of people that believe that the ship that we think is the Titanic was not the Titanic at all, but actually its sister ship, the Olympic. Mm. So let me tell you why this may or may not be true. And I think it's slightly compelling. Anyway. I'm already writing questions down. Okay. So there's a comp- the Harlan and Wolf Company built the Olympic, the Titanic, and the Britannic for the White Star Line. So the Harlan and Wolf Company was this huge shipbuilding company. Mm-hmm. It employed like thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, at the turn of the century. The White Star Line was a major liner company. Like they were huge. It's like what we would think of as like the Royal Caribbean or right. one of these, except that 
back then, you know, the ships weren't for fun, really, until the Titanic, the Olympic, and the right. Titanic were supposed to be for fun. They mm-hmm. were really the kind of the pioneers of that. Right. Most ships going across the Atlantic were immigrant ships, and those were often called they were like, coffin ships. Right. Because it, they were so awful. And the idea was dying, to get you there. Just kind of try, try to survive. <laughs> Um, and J.P. Morgan, which should be a familiar name to you because right. it's like J.P. Morgan is still a huge name in banking, owned the White Star Line. So these were to be luxury ships that were supposed to revolutionize transatlantic travel, which, like I said, totally stood in like super stark contract contrast to most of ships that were traveling the Atlantic. So Edward J. Smith was the first captain of the Olympic and he was essentially, he was the Commodore of the White Star Line. He was like the big captain, the one who had the most experience. He was most known. There was a lot of pride involved in being the Commodore of any, any like group of ships at all. And so uh, he was the first captain of the Olympic, which was the first of their three that was built. Their three main ships, the Titanic, the Olympic, and the Britannic. Uh, and the, basically the first thing he did, uh, the first thing that happened under his command was that he crashed into a tugboat in New York and almost killed everyone on the tugboat. Three months later, a British warship called the Hawk crashed into the Olympic and basically destroyed the hull of the aft section okay. of the ship. But since it was a government ship, because it was a British warship, warship that hit it, the British government ran the inquiry into what happened and they essentially, they put all the blame on the White Star Line. Like, they were like, no. So eyewitness accounts said that it was the British warship that hit the Olympic, but once the official inquiry was done, the blame was put on Captain Smith. Why didn't he just move that massive transatlantic <laughs> boat out of the way? Right, right, right. Why wouldn't the smaller boat just... I mean, I don't know. The, the that, warship, the one that's supposed right. to be able to maneuver. Right. Right, right, that's right. That's not their responsibility. No, 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 no. <laughs> So, essentially because it was Captain Smith's fault once the inquiry was closed, right. the White Star Line's insurer refused to pay for the damages to the ship, which were extensive. Steel plating was dislodged. Thousands and thousands of rivets were gone. There was damage above and below the waterline in the hole. The starboard propeller was messed up and the keel was bent. So it was a total mess. It took two weeks to repair the majority of the damage. But even after like two weeks of repair, it was still supposed to have even more repairs done, except that those were so extensive, they had to be done in like a different location. Okay. So they did the temporary repairs so it could... Get to that place. Yes. So while it was on its way to that place, the temporary repairs actually failed while it was sailing to the next shipyard where it was going to have the final repair work done. So basically, the cost to fix it was astronomical and it was basically totaled, like what we would think right. of as totaled. Because even if a new bulkhead like was created for the ship, which is what it, need, what it needed, it wasn't going to pass like the industry's safety standards, which is saying a lot since their safety standards weren't the greatest. Right. Since they they were the first three ships made (laughs) that people weren't expected to just die on. Right. (laughs) But the White Star Line and Harlan and Wolf, Harlan and Wolf again is the company that builds the ships, fixes the ships. They did the best they could and they spent 
seven weeks trying to patch up that starboard side of the ship, which you can see in videos. You can see like the patchwork done. Okay. I saw some of it. Um, and since the Titanic wasn't finished at the time, it was still being built and they were in. So what happened was when they, they went to try to finish all of those repairs that had to be done, the Titanic and the Olympic were in the shipyard together being worked on at the same time. The Titanic was still being built. And so they needed the Olympic to get back out there. And so what they did was they just threw the Titanic's not damaged propeller blade onto the Olympic where it needed a new okay. propeller blade because the ships were essentially identical. And so there was a propeller blade there for the Titanic. I think it was already on the Titanic and they just threw it onto onto the Olympic so okay. that it, it could get back out into right. the water. The number stamped on the Titanic's propeller blade that they fitted onto the Olympic was 401. And that will be important later. Right. So anyway, they kind of had this thing, you know, their flagship, the Olympic, limping along. And it was fixed and it could run. But it was not what the flagship of, like, a major company was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So then on February 24th, 1912, she ran over a sunken wreck and threw her propeller blade again. It ruined one of their engines and she went back to the shipyard to have her the propeller blade worked on again. And she was in the, that dry dock until March 7th. Was this common? Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, Did boats just hit <laughs> stuff all the time? Well, you know what? The more I looked into this, yes, because then later I was looking into like how ships sail. Like, It was actually not uncommon for ships to sail very quickly through... Um, ice fields because it was okay to hit them. We'll get there. We'll get there. So anyway, she had to go back to the shipyard again to have that propeller blade worked on. And she was in dry dock until March 7th. So this happened on the 24th and she was in dry dock until March 7th, even though the repair to the propeller blade, like it shouldn't and the engine, like it shouldn't have taken that long. Okay. So that week in March, was the last time that the Olympic and the Titanic were together in the dry dock. And that is when we think the decision to switch the ships might have happened. And it actually would have been crazy easy. So number one, it's 1912. There's no press. Photography had basically just been born. There were no, you know, like iPhones or satellites taking pictures. And paying the small team like it would have taken to make the switch would have been super cheap since labor workers weren't expensive and they were in the middle of a coal strike, meaning that labor was like super hard to come by. So all the linens and the dishes, decorations, all the all of those things were identical between the ships. So only the names on the bows of the ships, the lifeboats, like the names on the lifeboats, mm-hmm. Paper, because the paper menus, like the right. menus had the ship names on them. And 48 life jackets had to be swapped. And the interior and exterior would Only be... Only 48? Yeah. So uh, regardless of what ship sank, uh-huh. I feel like 48 is a is problem. Well, also remember that the lifeboats they had on the ship couldn't even hold half the people on the ship. Right. And that met industry safety standards. So they were just like, they were like, Listen, we never hit anything. It's fine. We never do. Everything's fine. It's fine. Nothing ever gets hit. No. There's never any damage that needs to be repaired. No, we're fine. In all of our time Uh sailing 
mm-hmm. about the size. Yeah. Everything has been fine. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You'll be fine. Well, I mean, you it, won't even need it. Yeah. We brought them. We brought the life jackets on to just like laugh at just how for, silly it would be just if we. For show. <laughs> I mean, just remember that most ships at this time, they didn't have safety standards because right. if you got on the ship and you died in, uh, like on the ship because the ship's conditions were so poor, it wasn't their fault. That's just life. Well, like, but like a- you were trying to get somewhere on this, on these boats, it's more of a luxury thing. It would be like going on vacation. Yeah. But they had a different mindset back then. They didn't care about human life. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, literally, most people that crossed the ocean weren't expected to make it. So it's like, is it really surprising that when this whole idea of like sailing across the ocean in style started that they were like, it's fine. It's going to be okay. Everything. You're not going to get scurvy. So you're fine. So anyway. (laughs) So on top of all of that, the White Star Line had already used interior photos of the Olympic in their advertisements and press releases for the Titanic since the ships were that identical. Okay. So both ships had tile and linoleum flooring, but just a few days before the Titanic's maiden voyage, the chairman of the White Star Line suspiciously ordered that some parts of the, quote, Titanic uh, have the linoleum carpeted over, which could have been to cover the wear and tear that the Olympic already had on its flooring. So that it looked like a brand new ship. Right. So basically all of this could have been done in a weekend with a small crew. So the theory is is that the Olympic was so damaged, could not be repaired. Insurance wasn't going to pay out. It was going to potentially sink the White Star Line. I'm not trying. No, (laughs) I wasn't trying to. I just can't help it. It's going to happen. In this episode, there's going to be puns. Right. So essentially, the theory was that if they sunk the Olympic, which they're now pretending is the Titanic, and the Titanic was the Olympic, that if the Olympic sunk and the insurer believed that it was the Titanic and they weren't at fault for it, that they would get the insurance payout that they needed to keep moving forward with what they wanted to do. So that's the theory is that that's why. A, so a switch was that's even worse than what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, maybe they switched it because they had all these people looking to get on a boat and the Titanic wasn't ready yet. So they but because of the bad press or the bad juju surrounding right. the Olympic people won't get on this boat. So we need to make it into the, right. the Titanic. Well, there were no, no in reality. It was about money. It was so that they like, could kill a bunch of people so that they could get an well, insurance no, 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 payout. No, 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 no. There were, there was a, there was a fail safe, but listen. So the whole point was the Olympic, they were not going to be able to afford. Right. To rebuild the last half of the ship. Right. Insurance wasn't going to pay out. And this was their flagship. Right. They couldn't have that happen. Right. So essentially, they wanted to get rid of that ship and get money. And so the theory is that they switched the two ships so that the, quote, Titanic was actually the Olympic. They sunk the Olympic. They weren't going to be able to fix it. And they sailed the, tit- the what was actually the Titanic as the Olympic after that. So anyway, here's some more reasons why this is a credible theory. And it gets, but they were the cost of it was a lot of human life. Well, that wasn't planned, and here's what happened. Okay, here's why they believe this was actually a conspiracy, like that a lot of people were in on it. 
So the switch has happened. So from here on out, when I refer to the Titanic, please you know, mean I, mean, I mean the Olympic that has, that has been switched right. out. So another ship called the Californian left port five days before the Titanic, fully loaded with coal in the middle of a coal strike with no passengers. All that was on board of the Californian was cargo of wool sweaters. She sailed quickly into the middle of the Atlantic, found an ice field, and stopped. Several high-profile first-class passengers, such as J.P. Morgan himself, slated to sail on Titanic's main voyage, mysteriously fell ill and canceled their trip, including Bruce Ismay's wife. Bruce Ismay was a chair- the chairman of the White Star Line. She said she was ill but was found several days later vacationing somewhere in the mountains with her children. Uh, another odd thing was that the number 10 coal bunker when the Titanic left was on fire. And if you know anything about these engines and how they run and coal, like fire on on the ocean is like a seaman's worst nightmare. Right. Like that's terrifying. But it was on fire and it was never put out. Well, but did they just not care? They didn't care about anything else. I think it was a fail safe. They're like, it's on fire. It's fine. Yeah. Just go ahead. Well, the assumption here is that potentially the fire was a plan B. Right. If exactly. They if they couldn't sink the ship. So on the night of April 14th, the cap- which is when the Titanic hit, right, hit yes. the iceberg, the captain of the Californian, which is the ship that left five mm-hmm. days earlier with... It had a suspiciously low amount of cargo and a suspiciously high amount of coal. Yes. And just wool sweaters. Right. And um, no real de- like destination. And no real... De- hanging out in an Unless ice field. Unless you wanted to go to an ice field. Uh, hanging out in an ice field. Were a lot of people vacationing in ice fields back then? I don't think so. <laughs> Um, so that night of April 14th, the captain of the Californian messaged the Titanic three times with just their location. Like, hey, here's where we are. Both captains of the ship. So Captain E.J. Smith of the Titanic and the captain of the Californian went to bed that night fully clothed. And instead of going to bed, they slept in an area like right behind the bridge. They didn't go back to their cabins, which was not normal. I always do that when I'm on a boat. <laughs> I sleep fully clothed behind the bridge. Mm-hmm. Some other super janky things about how the crew dealt with. Boat hack. <laughs> with the iceberg, were super suspicious. So we all know that that night the Titanic hit an iceberg, an iceberg yeah. on the starboard side. And it punched a bunch of holes along the side. And the boat started taking on water. Yes. So the turning circle of the Titanic was 1,280 yards, which is half of a mile, I believe. And in the official inquiry after the sinking, even the crew admitted that they could always see an iceberg a minimum of two miles ahead, but usually up to six miles ahead. Okay. Meaning that they should have had plenty of time to see the iceberg and turn, like lots and lots and lots of time. Right. Um. The first distress signal wasn't sent for a full 35 minutes after the ship was hit. 35 minutes. It was 35 minutes before the first radio emergency was sent. 
or the pumps were started or the lifeboats were prepared to launch. The crew was in no hurry at all. In fact, there are lots and lots of reports, and I've always known this. This is something, I've, I mean, just from knowing the Titanic, right. like the story, that the crew was going around telling people not to worry, right. you don't yeah. need to get on the lifeboats, and they were telling people the Californian is going to be here to help us. So, I mean, we usually assume that this is just because they were really stupid people who thought they were on an unsinkable ship. But in this theory, the idea is, well, no, the Californian was there to come rescue them. Right. That's why the Californian was there. Now, is there any record of the Titanic contacting the Californian with like an SOS or anything? Yes, but here's the thing. That night after the captain of the Californian went to bed fully clothed behind the bridge. Mm -hmm. Their messenger person Mm -hmm. who ran their little thing, Mm -hmm. um, he fell asleep. Oh. Oh. Another thing that was strange was that Titanic's navigator, Officer Boxhall, well, he worked out a position that was 12 miles off from where they actually were. So at this point, Titanic should have been in sight of the Californian, but they weren't. Several survivors of the sinking said that they saw a ship off in the distance. And the assumption has always been, well, the assumption has always been told that it was the Californian. Right. The Titanic should have been able to make it to the ship. Like it should have been able to sail another five miles. But for some reason, Captain Smith ordered the engines to be turned off. But the problem was that the ship that they saw off in the distance wasn't the Californian. So the Titanic thought that they they saw off in the distance the Californian, which is why they stopped. Because the Californian was going to come save them. However, it wasn't. Instead, the ship, so they were 12 miles wrong from where they thought they were. And the ship that the Titanic actually saw off in the distance was an illegal, uh, it was like an illegal boat uh, called the Samson. So in the world of this conspiracy theory, Mm -hmm. they stopped the Titanic, Mm -hmm. they saw the boat, Mm -hmm. and they, they knew, okay, we're purposely trying to sink this ship but we're okay because there's that boat that's coming to rescue everybody. Yes. So they just stayed. They were in the wrong they position. Were. Yes, but okay. they were in the wrong position. They had right. worked out the wrong position. Uh, and so, um, the, so the ship that the Titanic saw off in the distance wasn't the Californian. It was an illegal sailing bark called the Samson. Now the Samson was sending off white rockets because they were recalling their small rowing boats. They were out there. I think they were looking for seals was what the the illegal rowing boat was doing because even back then you weren't allowed to go kill seals. Right. They were. Um, and so the Californian saw the Samson's rockets and the Samson's rockets were white and they didn't respond to those rockets because the white Starline rockets were red and blue. Hmm. So they were like, well, that's not the Titanic. Right. We're not going anywhere. And all the while the Titanic was sending off red and blue rockets thinking that the Samson in the distance was the Californian and they were going to see them. Right. And while they're sending off the rockets again, the crew is telling the passengers, don't worry, the Californian's going to pick us up. And this is all in the official like reports of the survivors. 
So the whole time, the crew was waiting for the ship that they saw in the distance to come get them. But the ship they saw was the Samson, and the Samson wasn't coming to get them. The Samson was doing something illegal, so they weren't going to go talk to anybody. Right. <laughs> and the Californian radio worker guy literally fell asleep on the job. So he wasn't getting any of the distress signals that were finally being sent out with their position and all that. slept in his clothes behind the bridge. <laughs> should have. Also, the following inquiries post the sinking were really odd. The surviving crew members were corralled into these warehouses and immediately signed to a secrecy act. If Because essentially, so if the White Star Line failed, the Harland and Wolf builders would have lost their jobs as well because right. the Harland and Wolf company depended on the White Star Line. Right, that's... And there was about 20,000 20, of them. Oh, gosh. No one wanted either ntt to fail because it would have created a lot of unrest tensions were already high between the british and the irish and the irish made up the majority of the harlan and wolf company now could that have been the case even if there was no conspiracy theory like they're doing the math and they're like we're gonna get screwed Mm -hmm. if this like if this looks bad if we if we sink Mm -hmm. and there's no conspiracy theory I right. haven't planned it. Right. It's an unplanned sinking. Okay. <laughs> but the sinking happens anyway. Do they think like this is going to hurt our business? No, because they were, they stood to get $12 million if the ship sunk. Okay. Which is fine because it took, I think like 7 million to build. And they the weren't worried about it like hurting. Well, they were the, their reputation or anything. Well, obviously all those people died. So it did hurt their reputation. Right. But in this plan, the Californian was going to be there to save them. Right. Also remember that J.P. J.P. Morgan owned White Star Line and he was just like a crazy important banking entity. So they were afraid that if he recalled all his debts, that it would collapse the entire structure when it would have been painful for the economy to lose the White Star Line for a lot of reasons. And so like the tenuous state of their flagship and their finances was putting a lot of things in jeopardy. So a lot of people look at like the formal inquiries post the sinking as a total show because essentially so the overseer of the board and trade who ran the inquiries was also like he was the head of the official inquiry and the official inquiry would have essentially ousted the lack of oversight that the board of trade was guilty of okay so basically the result of the inquiry was no one's to blame okay it was an accident no one's to blame right because if they had really started poking around a lot of people would have been to blame. Right. Um, so, you know, everything's fine. It was just that darn sneaky iceberg, which is also really interesting because Titanic was the first ship to sink from hitting an iceberg in recent memory, including all the other smaller sh- that immigrant safe ships. Right. At all. Right. That have no standards whatsoever. Like, it was actually super common to speed through the ice fields because of how far off you can see them coming and then adjust accordingly. It's like no okay. one was worried because it's like... So icebergs up until this point were, like, not even necessarily... Of all the dangers on the sea, an iceberg was not one of them. It was not one of them because you could you could see them coming from so far off. Even on not, like, a super clear night, you'd have at least two miles to move. And the turning radius, like I said, on the Titanic, which is larger than anything else floating at the time, right. was... Half a mile. So, so you would have had time. Even if they had saw it within two miles, they would have had time to turn. Right. Funny side note. 
one of the representatives for Harlan and Wolf, when he was being questioned in the inquiry, kept accidentally calling the Titanic the Olympic. It's in the official record. Okay. 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 So some other really... I just hit the microphone. People tell me I don't have any microphone discipline. I don't know what they're talking about. Anyway. It's fine. (laughs) So some other interesting things that just... These creep me out. So the ship, the wreckage of the Titanic was found in 19... I think it was 86 or 87. And so we have lots and lots of video of, you know all the dives that have been done down there to see the ship. Um, So here's some interesting things. You can see gray paint on the underside of the ship. (laughs) We have so much microphone discipline here. Okay, so you can see gray paint in the video on the underside of the ship, which was used on the Olympic, but it was never used on the Titanic. 401. Okay, now is that just like a thing that people are saying or is that actually... You can look at the plans. You can look at the official plans for both ships. But like... And see like where they differed and in their build. But so in the picture, mm-hmm. like you're you're super deep in the ocean. Doesn't yeah. everything look kind of gray? I mean, go look at it yourself. <laughs> okay? <coughs> I don't know. I just feel like... Okay, I have better ones. Okay. So okay. Listening. okay. 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 401 is stamped on the starboard propeller, which was the propeller that was built for the Titanic. And remember, I told you that they moved yeah. the propeller. Unless they just trashed the Olympic and put. No, because put the, the, the Olympic PS, the Olympic, the quote Olympic sailed for another 25 years. Did they just make it its own propeller again? I'm sure they did. Because what if they were like... Because the Olympic they were like, was we're the Titanic. The, they're like, we're taking the Titanic out. We need its propeller back. I mean, well, then what did they put on that ship? The point is... is so that, where is... The point is, is that if you go down and look at the Titanic right now, the propeller, the number stamped yes. on it is 401. Yes. And Which at one point in time was on the Olympic. For sure, for sure. But we don't know if it was ever not, like, if it was ever removed from the Olympic. There's no record of that. Okay, so we don't know that. I'm just saying, (laughs) okay? I get it. It's compelling evidence, but. So here's another one. The Olympic was built with 16 portholes on the forward part of sea deck. And the Titanic was built with 14. This is in the plans. Okay. But if you look at the footage of the Titanic on its maiden voyage, it has 16 portholes on the forward part of Sea Deck. It was customary for ships to be open to the public before their maiden voyage. And while the Olympic was, for some reason, the Titanic wasn't. You can see in footage of the wreckage that there's a bulkhead on the like lying on the keel of the ship that was not in the original plans for either ship. So there's an extra bulkhead there that you cannot find in the plans for either ship. But it would make sense to build an additional bulkhead in the aft section of the ship post some kind of damage being done to the keel. And remember, only one ship had damage done to the keel. Or because they had damage done to the keel on one ship, they put it in the other one. Maybe. 
Here's the one that gets me the most. Okay. And this is creepy because I saw it and I was just like, that, that is creepy. Also because it's a sunken ship and you know how I feel about those. Yes. So <clears throat> the White Star Line engraved the ship names into their bow plates. Okay. But on this ship, the one at the bottom of the ocean that we think is the Titanic, mm-hmm. for some reason, the letters Titanic are riveted into the original bow plates. Some say looking at the footage, I mean, you can see where some of the letters have dropped off. Mm-hmm. And you can read the letters M and P on the side of the ship. Interesting. Now, did you see the M and P when you looked at it? Yes. Because it was told to you or was it a cold view? No, I went and I went and looked at the well, I went and looked at the footage that people were talking about, like that this is like if you watch this video from the Russian um it was a Russian like research vessel yeah, that had went, yeah. the cameras down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, if you watch this footage of the bow, you can see that those plates were riveted in, which was not something White Star Line did. Right. Um, they were engraved, but these ones were riveted. And some of the letters have fallen off. And if you look underneath, like you can see the letters M and P. Is it like clearly M and P? I will show you. Okay. Because there but is a also- part of me, there's a thing where I go, they told you it said M and P. So you're more likely to see M and P. But if it's clear... No, it's, I digress. No, it's, if it's clear, it's they're okay. They're clear. It's, they're, it's a clear M and it's a clear P. It's okay. not like, oh, that's a squiggle. You know what I mean? It's right. like, that's the letter M. Okay. Am I saying that, I mean, people can doctor footage. I'm not saying right. I know for certainty. Right. You know what I mean? But based know. off of the information you were able to collect. It looks like an M and a P. Very, okay. very All clearly. Right. Okay. Without doubt. All right. So that's okay. it. So, uh-huh. The real Titanic mm-hmm. took the name Olympic. Yes. And went on to sail for, you said, another, another 20 years? 25 years. 25 years. Are, what does the name on that one look like? I don't know. Do we have any, I was it riveted? That ship has been, I mean, it's been gone since, I mean, it was taken out of commission. And I, I don't even know if that It's ship- been so long. Why wouldn't someone just say, yeah, we switched them? Um, someone has. So I think that the whole uh, looking into this all started because a man who had worked for the Harlan and Wolf Company and, and was he was getting he was much older. He lived in Australia at this point. This was decades. Well, it makes sense that people would come out about it. Yeah. This because was, if they knew about the conspiracy yeah. so before it happened, you know about a conspiracy, but you're like, OK, I don't feel so bad because everyone we're setting it up so that everyone gets saved. Right. But afterwards, you're essentially living with the guilt of right. knowing well, that all the that yeah. the death of all those people was a plot. Well, the crew lived with a lot of um I mean they they immediately the second they, their feet touched land, they were brought back and they were they they had to sign an uh a non-disclosure essentially. What right. we would know is a non-disclosure. And so what they were allowed to say was very very little. Right. And the crew was very um deflective. Well, and that's what I meant by without the conspiracy, is there a possibility that they would have had to sign non-disclosure? Probably. Because they would have looked at fault because yeah, yeah. of their inactivity. Yeah. Like the the ship started sinking and right. they were telling people. Right. 
don't get on the lifeboats. So I could see that outside of the conspiracy, they would yeah. have them. So as far like, as seal their lips, as far as firsthand testimony, there was someone who worked for Harlan and Wolf who eventually, I mean, a few decades later, like I said, he was living in Australia and he said that he was part of the crew that had done it, that, that it was, he said it was actually the Olympic that was at the bottom of the ocean. And here's what they did. Okay. And then there was a, I, I can't forget the officer's name, but there was an officer who wrote to his sister on the second night that the Titanic was sailing. And he said, I still hate this ship. Oh, but he'd never been on it. Well, supposedly it was only the second night that it had ever. Right. And he was like, I still hate this ship. Right. So he said something about something is off or something is wrong. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the, the, in, the prevailing theory is that, like, if you, if you wanted to keep your job, you weren't going to say anything. Right. Um, and, you know, they were, they, were, they were different times back then. So anyway. Well, people cover up all kinds of things right. now. Right. When you didn't. Whether it was intentional or not, right. you reacted badly in a situation. People kind of do damage control. Right. So that's the theory. Um, are there any survivors that say that the other survivor claims aren't true? Uh, do you mean... So, like, is there any... So we have survivor accounts that were where they said, don't get in the lifeboats. Um, I saw oh, this yeah, boat yeah. off in the distance. Yes. Are there, are there survivors that say, that was not my experience? Like, or are all the surviving accounts fairly similar? All the survivor accounts are fairly similar in terms of how the crew reacted. Okay. Um, things like that, yeah. And that the rockets they saw off in the distance were were white even like the distance of the boat um all the things like that there there's not a whole lot of conflicting testimony coming from crew um, non-crew survivors like passenger survivors okay interesting mm-hmm. that's very interesting mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of some like I don't know, some angle to come at this from. I I don't know. I mean... I mean, it's all fairly compelling. And you have a lot of, like, official records. All this to say, were they very stringent about official records back then? I don't so know. basically, it is, it's a true conspiracy because there's enough doubt mm -hmm. and there's enough... I mean, Assuredness. it's like we're we don't know. Right. We don't right. we don't know. I think that some of the evidence is compelling. I think that I think some of the claims are completely can't be supported. I, I don't believe you can support the claim that the uh, officer Lightoller was 12 miles off on reporting their location because they're saying that based on the distance of the wreckage. And right. so I've watched different videos of how you can kind of get the Titanic's position based on how it's fallen to the, the two miles down. Right. I don't think you can really be exact there. So I think right. that's a problem. I think there's some other problems with the theory, too. But I think there's some things with the theory that really do hold up. I think that they had motive. I think yeah. that they had opportunity. 
Um, I think that some of the, I think that the official inquiry has never made sense to me before I even heard of this conspiracy. The inquiry never made sense to me um, because of the things that the crews were saying, how they reacted post getting hit. Right. Um, why in the world they didn't hit it head on. The Commodore, I mean, so uh, Murdoch, that was the second in command, he was the one who was um, basically at the helm when this happened. Yeah. He was the one in charge. Everyone back then absolutely knew. They, first of all, they would have seen they would have seen the iceberg. Right. This iceberg would not have jumped out on them. Number one. Right. Number two, everyone who had ever sailed a ship like this before through an ice field would have known that if they had hit it head on, they would have been fine. The ship would not have sunk if they had hit it head on. Right. So if if they were really right that close that they couldn't turn, which they could have turned because right. they could have seen it. They would have known not to try to turn. And they would have known the turning distance of the ship that they were sailing. So right. a lot of those decisions, they have never made sense. Ta- throw well, this could, c- that, could that all be explained by someone doing something wrong? Like not, not being alert at their post. And then the reason it looks like a conspiracy in the after is because there is some form of conspiracy, which is more damage control. Like, people just made bad decisions. Though there is some, like, the whole MP thing. Mm-hmm. There is some mm-hmm. I mean, there's, compelling there's evidence some compelling that evidence. would say. Yeah. <clears throat> the whole thing with the Californian and just some weird, right, I mean. Why, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yep. Yep, that's it. Hmm. That's cool. <laughs> that's really interesting. So I mean, okay. Do I believe it or not? I'm I'm neutral, right? I'm, I have to stay neutral. That's how I fall on most, because yeah, well, because you go down this this rabbit trail of like, well, how do I know those are the official reports? Right. Like, who gave me those? Right. The conspiracy theorist. Right. Okay. So well, you have I to be actually con- own a transcript of the official oh, inquiries. Okay. All and right. I've, I've had. I've had the transcripts of the official inquiries since I was like 15 or 16. Okay. Because I like bought them. Like right. I wanted to, you can buy them in a book. Yeah. Um, and they have never made sense. And okay. they have never made sense. There's so many things that have never made sense about how that happened. And it's, it's just, it's interesting because, you know, we've always just thought, well, these people were just so stupid. Oh, they really thought they were on an unsinkable ship. <laughs> like, right. no, we're talking about seasoned people on the ocean that knew what they were doing and this is all very strange this guy who had crashed several boats beforehand seriously he was not only was he that guy experienced at sea he was an experienced um he was experienced in boat accidents yes (laughs) yeah so anyway, that's the story of how oh. the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean might actually be a different ship than we all thought. Okay. That's super, super interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is way less compelling, depending <laughs> on who you are, but this is my favorite. Ooh, okay. I don't know what this is, and I'm excited. This is my favorite conspiracy theory. Okay. And it, it's honestly, it's really more of like, some people would call it more of a hoax, but there are conspiracy theories surrounding it. Okay. So, this is another one where you'll ask people, do you believe in blank? And they go, mm, yeah. 
Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Like, I don't know if, I don't know enough about it. Right, 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 right. It's Bigfoot. (laughs) You would choose the animal. Yeah. Um, Okay, I, Bigfoot, that's like moon landing. Right? Is it? I don't know. Tell me about it. Okay, so, Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of different names. He's been seen a lot of different times. Mm-hmm. And I keep calling him a he, but really, Bigfoots, which is the proper Bigfoots. plural. That's the proper plural of Bigfoot. Okay. It just seems very masculine, but there's... If they exist, there has there have got to be females, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Because science. Yeah. So Bigfoot is a bipedal humanoid. Simian-like. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. basically an ape man. But the, the point is, is that he's very human. So... Um, he can run 35 miles per hour. He's, Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't we all? Um, he is six to nine feet tall. Okay. Or she. Or they. They. Mm-hmm. Z. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, and they have, so, so there are differences despite them being humanoid, despite them being, Despite them being a mixture of an ape and a human, they have like a weird distribution of traits from both sides. So they're more human in their, the fact that they walk upright, but their feet structure are more like an ape. Um, And one of the biggest things is that they have an incredibly broad so not only are they super tall, so they can be six feet. So that's, I mean, that's fairly average male sized human, right? Yeah. But the shoulder breadth is at like a a 50%. It's 50% um, in relation to their body. So the breadth is like 50% in relation to the body. So it's even rare for humans to have more than 30%. Like I think Andre, when I was doing research on this, Andre the Giant had 24% in relation to like his size. So, um, so they're incredibly broad. So Bigfoots, I keep wanting to say big feet, but um, <laughs> Bigfoots have been sighted everywhere in the United States except for Hawaii. What? And um, what about Canada? Oh, we're just dealing with uh, the United States. We only care about American Bigfoot. But they get see Okay, so they've been seen on every continent except for Antarctica. Oh. Yeah, so there's been reports of it. Okay. Everywhere. Okay. Um, but just for the sake of, like, some scale, yeah. I'm going to try and stick to... America. North America. Like, not North American even, but, like, United States statistics. Okay. Um, so they've been cited... Pretty much everywhere. Definitely. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, mm. Which, how would they get there? Um, and, uh, but they, this, it's not a new thing. 
Bigfoot's not a new thing. He's gone by many different names. Like what? And been seen by many different cultures. Most of the names I cannot pronounce, but one of them I thought was just hilarious. And please don't tell me that I deleted it. Oh, no. Old Skunky Bill. <laughs> because hey, some I people, know him. Because <laughs> some people, there, there is another mythical creature that is called a skunk ape. And some people think that they're a different thing. And some people think they're the same thing. Okay. So a skunk, a skunk ape. ape. Might be Bigfoot's. Yes. Okay. I'm never going to say Bigfoot again because Bigfoot's is way better. Right. Uh, is it better than Old Skunky Bill? Literally just nothing saying. is better than Old Skunky <laughs> Bill. I heard that and I just burst out laughing. Can we name this episode Old Skunky yes. Bill? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the biggest thing, the biggest thing with Bigfoot is that there are so many eyewitness accounts. Right. How many? <laughs> um, in the last few years, I have it here somewhere. My, see, my notes or my conspiracy theory is not told as a story because it would literally have started centuries ago well, <laughs> and led up till this point. Okay. okay. So there, in the last few years, there have been about 5,000 sightings. Okay, my question is, why is Bigfoot a thing? Like, why, how, how is whatever people are seeing, how is it different from a bear or just like a dude who's been living in the woods too long? Because they are humanoid. So they have genetics that are similar to ours. And many people believe, many people believe so this is, you're about to find out why your idea was really hard for me. Okay. <laughs> because any potential Bigfoot DNA has been dismissed mm. as bear or wolf DNA. <laughs> any hair or droppings or anything like that. Yeah. That's fine. It's still fine. <laughs> but that doesn't, what does that mean though? <laughs> you were the one that wanted to keep the, if we really believe it or not, a secret for the end. <laughs> okay. Okay. Then just tell me. Just tell me. Okay, so I'm just going to go for it. It's tell making me. it really hard for me to do okay. it because yeah, yeah. Bigfoot is obviously not real. Obviously, but what are, um, what's happening then? He's obviously not real. So, okay, so you could say that there was a huge, there was like a burst of Bigfoot interest back in the late 1960s. Okay. And that's because something that you have probably seen happened then. It's what people call the Patterson-Gimlin film. What? Which is the short film. It's like one minute of footage where you see Bigfoot walking. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the majority of people who are listening to this right now have probably seen that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's old footage and people use it all the time as evidence for Bigfoot being real. Okay. Okay. So here are some of the issues with that film. It was made by two guys, Patterson and Gimlin. They were looking to make money because Patterson was broke. Yeah. So he used the last of his money to buy a camera to go out and film a movie. Okay. And then he was going to turn it around and make money off of Millions that movie. Millions of dollars. Right. Keep in mind, so I say he spent his last money. That He actually ended up being imprisoned because that check bounced. No. So he didn't even have the amount of money he needed to get the to get the, he was the just, camera. He was just really going for it. Yeah. So um, 
people cited the Patterson Gimlin film as legitimate evidence for forever, basically. What movie was he trying to make? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, and so, yeah, so they got on horses. They went out into Northern California. I think it's called like Six Springs National Park. And they filmed this thing and they came back with it. And I don't even necessarily know. Like, it's not, as far as I can tell, it's not widely known what they were going out there to get footage of. If they were going out there to get footage of Bigfoot, if they were going out there to film a movie, and then they just came back with footage of Bigfoot. But at any rate, um, it took forever for anyone to come forward, which people who believe in Bigfoot say, well, why did it take them so long to come forward and say that this was a fake film? Right. And there are some, like, if you watch Bigfoot enthusiast videos, proof videos, they will cite Patterson-Gimlin as truth, despite it being debunked. Well, that's depressing. Okay, so in 2002, a costume maker came out and said he made a costume for Patterson and Gimlin. Did you say 2002? Yes. Okay. He made a He made a costume in 1967. Patterson walked into the costume shop and said, I really want to rent one of your gorilla costumes, but I'd like you to make some alterations to it. Why did this guy wait till 2002 to come out with this story? (laughs) That's what I mean. So, so you can either take that as, Oh, this is great evidence that this film was a hoax. Or you could say that he is, Lying. Making it up for attention. Right. Um, and then there was a guy named Bob Hieronymus that came out and said he was the guy in the costume. Unfortunately, though, to the benefit of the Bigfoot believer, many people have come out and said they were the person in the costume. <laughs> so this is why I love Bigfoot, because you can just cast so much doubt And it has such a long history that you really can't ever get all the information necessary. And ultimately, if you believe it, you believe it. Right. And if you don't feel like it's substantiated, then you don't believe it. Right. Um, This one, Bigfoot requires a lot of faith. Um, So the reason, some of the reasons given, like what would your number one question be? Because I know what mine is. My number one question about Bigfoot is why don't we have more pictures of him? Okay, that's a great question. Like, why can't we find him? If it's why so, can't we film? Yeah, him? especially in a day when we have so many. Like, everyone has a camera on them. Right. Everyone. So this is this is what. So Thinker Thunker, Ooh. YouTube extraordinaire. <laughs> his response to that question is: It's really hard. You try and take a picture of something moving really quickly. Why is Bigfoot blah, 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 always blah, moving blah, blah, quickly? Blah, blah, blah. Doesn't he ever okay. have to stop? So here's where I did a little bit of research on my own. Okay. And if you believe in Bigfoot and you're an expert, you're probably going to hate what I say because mm. there's, there's some conflicting evidence out there. But this seems pretty consistent. Okay. Okay. So it is believed that there are two to 6,000 Bigfoots in North America. Who believes that? Who believes that? Other That's than, what they say. Who's they? By the way, um, Bigfoot is on the ad- endangered species list no. in Russia. <gasps> in and Russia? In Oregon, it's illegal to kill a Sasquatch. And in Texas, it is legal to kill one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, I'm so freaked out that Carmen walking in the room like freaked me out right now. 
<laughs> is Sasquatch and Bigfoot and yeah, interchangeable? They're, the they're yes. interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And Russia put them on the yeah. endangered species. They list. would maybe call it like a Yeti, which some people think the abominable snow the abominable snowman is different than Bigfoot. But I would say you have to admit they're at least related. I think all of them are lying. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Yes. So I looked up species that have a similar population. Okay. In the United States. Okay. So now, two to six thousand Bigfoots in North America. Even if we say so. So uh, species that are similar or that have been mistaken for Bigfoot, Mm -hmm. people would say, Mm -hmm. are bears. Mm -hmm. So I took a look at the grizzly bear population. Okay. So there's a ton of them in Canada. Yeah. Um, In the United States, they're less than 1,200. Wow. So in terms of Bigfoot, let's not look at 6,000. Let's just use this as... I don't know, just some some sort of starting place. So even if we say there are two thousand, yeah, in North America, two thousand Bigfoots at, or in the United States, there are less than twelve hundred grizzly bears in the United States. Okay. There are, in the last few years, there have been about five thousand sightings of Bigfoot. And um, since nineteen eighty, there have been about thirteen hundred grizzly bear sightings. In Yellowstone National Park. Okay. Now that I've given you all that information. Yeah. I just want you to think about how much footage we have of grizzly bears. A lot. A lot. They're all over the place. We have a lot. And there's less of them. And there's less sightings in the wild. Yeah. I mean, come on. Okay. Also, so a huge part of it for me is that... um, People specifically go out like the, the point of that comparison that I'm making is that people go out and they make documentaries about grizzly bears. They do it. They go out there and despite there not being a lot of them, they know where to look. Same with Sasquatch, because a lot of people say that he's on like the Pacific Northwest. Like he's he, there are lots of sightings in Washington, Oregon, Northern California. So you have an area where you know to go look for them. You take a camera crew and you go out there, and if you're looking for a grizzly bear, what do you come back with? Tons of footage of grizzly bears. Right. People for the last, since 1967, have been taking, you know, groups of people to the Pacific Northwest with cameras, looking for Bigfoot, people that claim to know about Bigfoot. What have they come back with? Nothing. Nothing except for fake, (laughs) super fake looking footage. Right. Okay. Well, so um, the biggest issue, if Bigfoot would just please stop doing this, we could know if he exists, um, is that they bury their dead. So we cannot find any remains. Okay. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. Mm -hmm. We find dead people's remains all the time. Right. No. Right. No. Who so came up their, with this? Their argument to that would be, well, the Pacific Northwest, especially that whole like area there that's forested, is a massive, massive area, to which I would say, so is Yellowstone National Park, and we still see grizzly bears there. Yes. And take pictures of them and video them. Right. Um, so. Uh, uh. 
What is the most compelling evidence for Bigfoot? There is none. <laughs> There's zero? There's none. There's no M and um, a P? So the only thing... So to me, there is none. Okay. Um, <clears throat> there is... I would say, respectfully, that people that believe in Bigfoot always have a response to your questions. But they are f- very faith-filled responses. Things like... Why can't we ever take pictures of him? Well, he's sensitive to radio waves and oh, electricity. stop. You don't even know that. Because people will post cameras deep in the forest and they'll go, why haven't we ever gotten anything on those? Well, they know to stay, like they're sensitive to those waves and they stay away from that area. Some people think. No. That the reason why we can't get a picture of him mm. or find colonies of them mm-hmm. Is because they are aliens. Yes, I was hoping you'd tell me that. And can travel between space and time planes. There are people who believe that Bigfoots are aliens. Oh no! Oh no! That's more interesting, though. I, you know, I'm going to give it to those people because that's at least more interesting. That's a more interesting. See, story. to me, that just seems like there's an an- there's an answer to a question that I there don't is. have, there and totally so is. I just need to yeah. make him an alien because that yep. means that he can do whatever yep. I need him to do to be right. Right. Okay. So I also just want you to consider, um, there have been s- sightings of Bigfoot mm-hmm. since. I mean, like recorded sightings. People, there's websites upon websites where people record their sightings, and um, there, in recent years, there are what five thousand? I said, mm-hmm. I think right, five thousand mm-hmm. um, sightings, and then they use all this information that I've told you about to come to the number that there are two to six thousand actual Bigfoots mm-hmm. living. Mm-hmm. So, people have been reporting sightings. Really, like I said, there was this huge burst in 1967 when that when the Patterson-Gimlin film came out. Um, I want people to consider they're humanoid, they're mammals. Mm-hmm. We can assume that if they're part human, part ape, that they have a similar gestational and reproductive process. Yep. I want you to consider how viable for that amount of time... 2,000 to 6,000 is in terms of a breeding population. So, like, humans are the dominant yeah. thing on this planet other than insects. Yes. And I just want you to think about, like, what is needed for a population to grow and thrive. But Bigfoot has always been small and elusive. Like, there can't, there's not a point where they say there were more Bigfoots. Because they're always like the secretive little colonies. So 2,000 to 6,000 is not a good breeding population. No. They would have gone extinct. Yes. A long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. So it doesn't like, so, so animals that have a similar population to that are on the endangered species list. Like they're not. Which is how they got on the endangered species list <laughs> yeah, in Russia. Exactly. Okay. But they're not surviving. Like the snow leopard actually has a really, really similar population estimate. And snow leopards aren't surviving unless there are some in captivity. Like they'll be going away. Right. 
like humans are having to help them out to keep them around. But somehow Bigfoot doesn't need our help. And he. Well, he's really fast. Just, he okay? just travels to another dimension. Yeah. And then obviously. that's where he there's a bunch of other Bigfoots there. Obviously. And that's what I mean. This is why it's so interesting, because there's always there's all these little doors opened up. That. um, It's like just enough doubt for you to be like, well, I guess I can't for sure say that. Right. And it's like, well, but you do know for sure. Yeah, you can for <laughs> sure say that this is not an alien. Well, and so another big thing, which is just this is not a great argument. People who report Bigfoot sightings have nothing to gain. They have no fame, money. Even police officers have reported seeing them. Well, oh, well, who cares? Everyone's a little crazy. People are crazy. Who cares? Right. That's not a good argument. Okay, so first of all. We know people have reason to lie. People yeah, lie. For fun. They people lie. do it for fun. Also, when you're in the middle of the forest and you hear animal noises happening around you. Yeah. Your brain can play tricks on you. Yeah. Also. I would never be in the middle of the forest. If you've ever heard of Bigfoot uh-huh. and you're in the forest. Yeah. Maybe it's crossed your mind. Power of suggestion. If you are Bigfoot hunters and you go into the forest. There's a huge power of suggestion. You want to see one. So you'll hear them one. making noises. Yeah. You're, you'll see one. Yeah. What you'll really see is a bear. Yep. And standing, because it's apparently on record, there's there's plenty of evidence that bears, certain bears spend a lot of time on their two feet walking. Yep. yep. Um, and honestly, I th- so I don't know that everyone has intended to lie about this. But I think that some people have. There's plenty of, I read tons and tons um, of accounts where reports were just debunked. And this was done by pro, like, like Bigfoot believers. There have been accounts where people have, like, so you have to, you have to keep in mind that all these accounts are collected on websites like NABS, which stands for North American Bigfoot Search. <laughs> And you don't have to have really any qualifications other than that you saw one and then you type in your story. And so, like, I think a great example of the logic that goes into this is that this guy who runs NABS, he received um, an account where a, a Curry County police officer contacted the website and gave his account. And he said he received a call about an animal. He responded, came across an ape-like animal that was like foraging or whatever the animal saw him, started to approach him, so he discharged his firearm into the air to scare the animal. It worked, and the animal went back to what he was doing. Um, and that was his story. I saw it. It was right there. So, actually, props to this guy at nabs.com. <laughs> um, he contacted the police department there the Curry County Police Department. And he spoke with the sheriff and there was no record of any call being made or an officer discharging his firearm, which is paperwork. Like if you discharge right. your firearm as an officer, paperwork. you have to yeah. fill out paperwork. Um, so right there, super simple. He made one call right. and was like, this isn't real. Right. What do you think he did? Told the truth? No, he said... The guy, the nabs.com guy, he said, I just can't believe they're not doing more of an investigation into this. Uh, 
they're covering it up. The Curry County Police Sheriff is covering this up. There is a report of that police call. There is a report of that fire discharge, firearm discharge. It's just missing. It's just gone. He just doesn't want to uh. tell me about it. And so that's what I mean. If you want to believe in Bigfoot, you will. Yeah. I can't convince you. Yeah. Because you will always have an, you will just always have an answer. Yeah. That's why it's so interesting to me. What I don't get is like why, you know, this Bigfoot, Bigfoots is one of the ones where I don't understand why anybody wants to believe it. Like, I don't get the motive. Like, okay, if Bigfoot existed, so what? Well, What's here you interesting go. interesting about that? Here you go. Um, Bigfoot would be classified as a hominid. Oh. This is my biggest, this is the biggest, for me, this is a huge reason why it's not true. So certain people are interested and him being true. They want him to be true because he essentially would be a transitionary species. From an evolutionary standpoint. Yeah. Okay. So why aren't all these evolutionary okay. scholars going after Bigfoot? Because he's not real. Right. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, but there are incredibly rich. Like Richard Dawkins has, if he wanted to fund, if the Origins Project wanted to fund a trip to the Pacific Northwest where they find Bigfoot. Yeah. They could do it. Yeah. And it would prove it would be the first and only transitionary species or fossil or bone. Yes. Ever found that conclusively was transitionary. Yes. It would it would it would mean that evolution could be true. Right. And that it would be more than a theory. Right. And the biggest proponents of evolution are not looking for Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> They're not doing it. No. <laughs> They're not. Um, the point is. So earlier when I was trying to pretend, when I was trying to be neutral and not let you know if I believed it or not, I said the biggest evidence is eyewitness testimony. And that is the least reliable type of evidence. Right. Especially when you're in a forest and it's dark. Right. And you want to believe in Bigfoot. Right. <laughs> so anyway, he's still my favorite. Okay. Because a part of me just can't understand. It like opens up a little window. Yeah. Into this population of people yeah. that can believe a thing that I can never believe. Right. And so, I mean, even just everything that I just said, if you believe in the six day creation account, you don't believe in Bigfoot either. Right. You don't because he's a transitionary species that happened between ape and human. Right. And we don't believe that happened. Right. Um, That's not a thing. No. So... Well, that's super there interesting. You go. I didn't, really didn't know anything about Bigfoot. Right. And that's the thing is people, they know like the basics. Yeah. And that's why they say, um, I don't know. Yeah. I guess maybe. Right. And, and th so the thing is, is that you can rest on that. You can rest on the fact that you won't be able to flood the Pacific Northwest, the forests of the Pacific Northwest and cover every square inch all at one time. Right. So he could still be out there, right? And of course, if he's an alien, it doesn't matter because he can just go into Disappear. another dimensional yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so that's what I think that's what's so interesting to me about it is that if you want to believe it, you will believe it. Right. You'll find some way to well, rationalize it, it to yourself. And that's kind of with any conspiracy theory. Right. Like if because it, it's a theory, so it can't be 100% pro proven. Right. So you can cast a shadow of doubt on whatever you want. Right. Except the Olympic sink. 
Right. That one's I interesting. Know. I don't and know. And that's the thing is I rarely come across a conspiracy theory where there's like legitimately compelling evidence, which is why I'm so skeptical of your evidence. Right. 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 <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know where that came from or. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, Bigfoot, he's easy to debunk. Plenty of people have said they've caught a Bigfoot. They've had caught a Bigfoot. They've had a dead one. But for some reason, they just can't show. Oh, right, right, right. They just, Naturally. Like, no, no, he no. got away. Naturally. Um, of course, that's what happened. There was one guy who, like, toured with a Bigfoot corpse. Ew. But it was, it was proven to be a hoax. Of course. And then his response to that was that, I did kill a real Bigfoot, but I didn't want to take the real body around and show it to people because Ew. I thought it would be stolen. Okay. Uh, I can't. And that's what I mean. It's always just like this. No. Like, well, but you can't prove that this. You can't prove that I didn't really kill a Bigfoot and kept it a secret. But he never produced the real body. I need to get back to reality. I can't right now. I know. It's I insane. Can't. But that's why it's my favorite because it's insane. Of course. And because it's, it's an animal. Insane. Yeah. Joy, of course. I know. So when you listen to stuff on Bigfoot, secularists generally say... Like, I would be happy if he existed, but he doesn't. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't be happy if he existed right. because he doesn't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's not even, like, until you show me one. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's not fake. Uh, bless everyone. Patterson hearts. Gimlin's not cutting it for me. No. No. All right, guys. Well, those are our favorite conspiracy <laughs> theories. Um, I know this was weird. And... Yeah. I'm sorry, mine. Yours was a much better story than mine. Well, it's a good caper, you know, my story. Right. A little bit caper off into the ocean. Also very creepy. And <laughs> I don't even know. But where's Bigfoot? Where is Bigfoot? Old Skunky Bill is just. <laughs> Old Skunky Bill is bay. That is amazing. <laughs> All right, you guys. We'll be back to our normal programming next week. We hope that you have a wonderful conspiracy-less New Year's. If you believe in Bigfoot... <laughs> Joy can't let Bigfoot I go. I want to know. Oh, okay. I want to know. Okay. Message us send your us, evidence. Send us the picture you took on your iPhone and go check out the M and the P on the sunken wreck of the Titanic. I think that what we should really do, like our main goal should be to just get down there and see it for ourselves. Uh, let's have our first live show down there. We've said so many times <laughs> that we're going to do a live show and it's always from the bottom, bottom of, of the ocean. ocean. <laughs> Which is where some people wish we were. I just want to see it. That was dark summer. <laughs> <laughs> some people wished we were living in the mountains of Sasquatches <laughs> or that we were in a different dimension. <laughs> Sorry. All right, guys. Stay safe out there with the Bigfoots. And there are lists stop. of like safety precautions you can take. <laughs> I have a friend. He'll totally know who I'm. If he listens to this, he will know who I'm talking about. Um, someone had made him a list for safety oh, reasons. Oh, bless. I know. Oh. I know. But really all it takes is just like some spare time and a few compelling Bigfoot videos right. and you're on board. Right. You're out there in the forest I'm, all I'm of a not, sudden. I'm not. I would never go out in the forest. I love going out in the forest <sighs> knowing that he's not there. Right. <laughs> that I'm safe. <laughs> it's just grizzly bears. All right, guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up on patreon.com slash and or sheologians.com. Donate. 
if you want to not hear more conspiracy theories, because next week we're back to normal. And um, I can't promise you, but we have a big guest coming up. I mean, we have a big guest coming up. And you know who she is, and you love her. And Yeah, you already love her. She's serious. And it's Bigfoot. <laughs> Stop it. Joy. Let Bigfoots it's go. JP Morgan. Let Big Skinky Bill go. <laughs> <laughs> Old Skinky oh, Bill. Sorry. Skunky. <laughs> Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah.